TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Rounds Interviews, exclusive to Shooting the Sports Dish. I am your host, Carl Skirtbit, and today's guest is the one and only Dean Thomas. Dean, how are we doing, my friend? I'm doing wonderfully, and how are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. I'm honoured that you're on the show. Bit bit lost for words, but I'll uh, <laughs> I'll get through this. Nah, man, don't worry about. It. Listen, we friends, we buddies, we pals. Oh, see, that's that is honestly brilliant that you you said that. It's, honestly, I'm I'm well happy you're actually on the show. I've got a legend on our show, but everyone who uh, thought I started doing this, I've actually got a legend on the show, and you get to listen to uh, a legend speak. Not only is 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 Dean a former UFC fighter, he's a, a coach, uh, MMA personnel, a, an actor, a man of many talents, and is accepted to be on the show. And I'm I'm honoured over the moon. Well, I'm I'm flattered to be here, man. I appreciate the kind words as well. Thank you very much. Obviously, the the kind words that I've just said, and you know, you are definitely a man of many talents, um, but you also a, a fighter as well what have been the 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 favorite what is what was your favorite fight of your career and why um wow that's a that's a tough question because <laughs> i've had so many and it it's it's not necessarily you know my favorite fight of my career i think that really stands out i think it was just where i was at in my life and I think that's important to note because, you know, when you're in a good place in your life, fighting is is all great. You know, when you're in a bad place, it doesn't matter how good the fight is. You know, you're just it's not as 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 as, as good when you're not in a good place in your life. But I think that um, uh, the my favorite fight maybe it could possibly even be the Jeremy Stevens fight. And that was a UFC 71. Uh, the main event to that was Rampage and Chuck Waddell. And I fought Jeremy Stevens, and that was a fight that, for whatever reason, I was like really nervous for, because you know Jeremy Stevens was an unknown guy at the time, and I ended up getting submission of the night. So um, it just goes to show, and I always use this when I'm talking to my athletes that it doesn't matter how you feel; you can feel like crap, you can feel nervous. It's all a matter of how you execute. So feeling has nothing to do with how you execute, because in that fight, I felt terrible, but I was still able to execute. So. I think that that for me was a, a good fight. You definitely executed the submission perfectly, and you went in there and put on a spectacular performance. And uh, I actually watched, were watching some of your highlights a couple of weeks back, and just the the favourite part of of that for me, just what stands out, is when you're doing your clip and and you just say like, um, "Sorry for your look, kid," and you're on about yeah. Jeremy Stevens. That that made me chuckle inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, going on to obviously the submission wins you've got a, a long time fighter underneath you and who I've been watching for the last couple of years and I actually started watching her when she beat someone who come from the UK uh, Molly McCann and that's Julian Roberts and she's a spectacular fighter who's only young is she 25 around yeah, that age she's only 25 she's 25 years old you know she's still a baby in this sport she's still learning still working on getting better every day and, you know, she, I like working with her because she likes to improve. She likes to train. It's never an issue of having to 
try to motivate her to show up. I mean, she's here every day. She's in fact, like there's times I'm trying to get away from her, like, oh, let me hide so she doesn't find know that I'm in, in town. <laughs> but she, you know, she's a pleasure to work with. She loves to train. She loves to compete. And, you know, I think she's she has a bright future ahead of her for sure. She definitely does. Obviously, coming up in is it the is it the featherweight or the, not the featherweight? The is it the flyweight? Flyweight. Flyweight. Yeah, flyweight. Um, coming up through there, she's definitely going through the the rankings and definitely got a, an amazing coach who's a head coach and and pointing her in the right directions. And when when you watch her work ethic, uh, I think you even said it in yourself on one of the videos on YouTube that. You always need to keep that work ethics. You see a lot of guys who, that when they become champion and make it, it sort of that goes out the window. It's like, oh, I'm a champion now. I don't need to do all this other stuff. And you're one of these who believe that if you lose that work ethic, what's what's the point in a way? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I mean, it's true. And and sometimes it's not necessarily even the athlete's fault. Well, I mean, it's always their fault, but... You know, it's just like when you become champion, you become a celebrity and you start to transcend the the martial artist aspect of yourself. And people, they want to pull you in so many different directions and you start, you know, becoming a, a, a celebrity. And when with, what comes with that is the, the responsibility to the fans because you're like, you know, I'm only here because of the fans. So I have to give back to the fans. So I have to do this for the fans. And the next thing you know, you are split between, you know, that hunger for training and your desire to be a celebrity. And it's it's a tough life. It's a, it's a very difficult thing to deal with. And we've seen, and we haven't seen many people actually really do it successfully. Uh, GSP was able to do it successfully until he retired. Khabib obviously did it successfully. But even Conor McGregor, if you look at Conor McGregor, like, Right now, Conor McGregor is not doing all the media stuff like he used to do because he's in the gym training. He has he knows he's got to fight a real contender. So it's, it's very difficult to be a celebrity and a fighter at the same time. And I'm just lucky that, you know, Jillian right now, <laughs> right now doesn't have that uh, those distractions. And even I think when she gets them, like she's still kind of to the point in her life where I think that she is going to be able to handle it better. Because she's not an extroverted person. She's a very introverted soul. And she doesn't even like people. So I can't really see her going down that path. Well, she seems, obviously, watching her through, obviously, the online and television, that she seems a very humble person. That even if, when she does make it, that she's not going to be like one of these personnel that, that don't really care about anybody else. And 
um, give off that sort of persona. She, in a way, she seems like a nice person. And watching some of the videos and the way she trains and listens to you constantly, and it's she's always wanting to learn new stuff. And obviously, when you went down to go and uh, uh, coach Stephen Wonderboy Thompson uh, for a little while, uh, Gina was with you and. She got a little bit of training from Stephen herself, and so that goes to show she's always wanting to expand the knowledge. Um, and yeah, she's always a, she just seems a humble character and a very nice character. And when she gets up there, she I don't think the fans are going to have a problem sort of supporting her. Um, if you know where I'm coming from. Yeah, absolutely. And but that's the thing too. And you know, it's funny you bring that up because I just got off the phone with Greg Hardy, and you know, he's talking about you know. What he, what he needs to do to, you know, fix his issues. And and I just told him, I said, man, you can't worry about losing. You know, like, the people who care about you losing really are those that don't really care about you. They're just care. They All they really care about with him is making money off of him. They don't really care about him. They just want to make money off of him. So they want him to win every time so they can make more money. But for me, like, I care about my people and I care about their performances. So him losing a fight is no big deal to me. I'm like, man, you lost. So what? But, but you got better. You know what I'm saying? You still you still got better. And that's the most important thing is that you're always improving. You're always learning and you're always getting better. Obviously, I don't want my people to lose. I just want them to get better. And if they get better, they're going to win. So, like, that's the most important thing is that they're improving every time. Yeah, and that's what my head coach uh, tells me, uh, Alan Clark in at Black Knights. He always says, even if you lose, it's still a learning curve. You, you take some out of it that you didn't have before. And so you don't all, you don't look at it as, oh, I've lost. You just lick your wounds, get in the gym and just learn on what, what you did wrong. And just hopefully it doesn't happen again. Yeah, absolutely. So and obviously saying that you, uh, Greg Hardy and, and Jeannie, you've not only that you, you've coached the the biggest name fighter that you, you've had, Tyrone Woodley, who's, uh, was the ex-UFC um, welterweight champion, who's an absolute animal. Um, and when you coach him uh, getting ready for a fight, is the pressure any different for when you were getting ready for your own fights? Um, it was actually more pressure. <laughs> you know, because if... If I lost, I only had to look at myself in the mirror, you know, I only had to, and I only had myself to blame because, you know, I was, I, I, I took full responsibility for that. You know, now, you know, when Tyron fights, it's like, you know, we're indebted to each other. I'm, I'm there to help him. And if he loses, I, I have to accept some responsibility for that. And it's, it's, it's tough because, you know, I have to accept that responsibility from his point of view and not only from mine. So it's hard. And not only just that, but there's a lot of other people that are counting on me to, to help him win. And if he can't win fights, then, you know, that's, that's on me just as much as it is on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously you say you're, you're his uh, head coach. And when you go into a fight, you, it's, even though it's an individual sport, it's still a team sport in a way. When you look at it outside the octagon, you go in there together and you you go out together, no matter what the result. Uh, and you've always been one of them characters that's always shined in that moment, let alone being a fighter or a coach. You've always been that... Well, personally, when I've been watching you coach, you've always been that sort of the spark for the team where you're always trying to keep that motivation going and you're always keeping your eye on everything which not a lot of coaches seem to do. It's just all about the fighter, whereas you, you want to know what's going on 
everywhere in when it comes down to the training camp and actually taking care of your fighters. Yeah, well, again, like I, I like I said before, like I I don't have for me like this is like solving puzzles, and I care about my people. So like the puzzle solving aspect of the game is you know preparing them to win. And the most important aspect of the game is making sure they don't get hurt. Like, I, I, everybody has families. I don't want my people to get hurt. So, like, I care about them. So, I don't have, like, obviously, it's how I make my money, but that's not what motivates me every day. What motivates me is seeing people get better, seeing people improve, making sure they don't get hurt. That's what motivates me. So, I, I do whatever I can in my power to make that. Like, right now, like, I train out of my house and I only have a select few people that I work with and I'm pretty much guiding them and in charge of everything. Well, not everything, but most of the things that they do, but I do that for a reason because I'm in a position where I can and I want to help them. And that's the most important thing for me is to help them get better, not just make money off of them. There is, and you know, and that's the difference between me and a lot of coaches. A lot of other coaches are just there because it's their job and they're just trying to make money. And for me, um, I feel like my skill set in life is big enough to where I can, if I need to make money, I'm going to make money regardless. I don't need to make it off these broke kids. Well, so you say you don't, you don't see that from a lot of coaches, and that's what I wanted to actually ask you and speak to about, because I actually respect what you've done. You, you've got a, a property of your own that you've turned it into a gym. You was at uh, American Top Team and coaching there, and you, you've gone off and, and done your own thing, which is absolutely brilliant, because now you are... The, you're, you're the head coach now you're the proper head coach everything is sort of your rules which uh, some people can probably look negative to that but personally I, I think that's an amazing thing to do because you the skill set that you possess you can give to the fighters and not only that you're always trying to teach them new things and you're like, like in the video that you you seen when you went down to see Stephen Wonderboy you took one of your fighters down to get more experience so you're always wanting your fighters to learn and always trying to support them which like you say a lot of other coaches will just want to make money off them which is in a, a horrible thing to do well not only that too but like yeah and another thing about me is like I know what I don't know and if there's some, something that I don't know I'm going to find that information from somebody and when you're in a situation where like at top team, it was like, you know, that was the main room. And, and there was a lot of people who don't know a lot, and, but they act like they knew a lot. <laughs> but the thing is, like, for me, I want the best. Like, I want to go out and find the best. If, you know, Wonder Boy to me is one of the best strikers in the UFC. So I wanted to go see Wonder Boy. You know, I don't want to, you know, get information from secondhand people if I can get it from the best. You know, if I have to get it from secondhand people, I'll get it. But if I can have the opportunity to get it from the best best person, I'm going to get it from the best. And now I put myself in a position where I can seek information and knowledge from the best people in the world and not be limited to just what I'm stuck with in one room. Yeah, obviously, you're saying it's perfect that you're going out on your own and now you're the one who can who can make the rules and and go and find these fights for yourself and you've already got one uh, who's fighting in the UFC or well a couple of, I say one you've got quite a few fighters fighting in the UFC so you're a, a perfect head coach for anyone who who wants to actually make it in mixed martial arts so what have been the highlights for you in your career being a, a man of many talents say what was the highlight you said 
Yeah. Um, poof, man, I don't know. It's, <laughs> you know, I've done so much in my life right now. You know, I'm 44 years old. And, you know, in terms of fighting, like my goal when I first started fighting back in, in like the mid 90s was to fight in Japan. And I did that in 1998. So like, that was my goal. The rest of it was just a carrot on top. Like it was never to be a UFC fighter. Like that was just all like, Oh, really? I'm going to fight UFC? Cool. Let's do this. So, like, I mean, and, and I'm just being totally transparent and honest here. Like, so, like, everything I'm doing is just, like, crazy. Like, it's, it's hard to believe that, like, I'm living this life. But one, like, and, but right now, so, like, I'm going to fight Island on Saturday. Well, I'm going to Vegas on Saturday. We leave to fight Island on Monday. And just being able to go out there, I'm like, I don't, I don't have anybody I'm coaching. I'm only going out there to film person, you know, film for the UFC just to do the some content projects for them. And that to me is kind of a highlight that I've developed a strong enough skill set to be able to just develop content for the UFC. And that's what I'm doing right now. And they and they've allowed me to do that to just say, hey, we just want to film you doing dumb stuff. <laughs> so like to me that's kind of a highlight. For me like just to be able to you know without having like a bunch of formal education like i didn't go to like this big college or big university or nothing i just i fought <laughs> i fought while every while all my contemporaries was in where it was in college and i have some some uh college uh education but i fought and i hung out and and i've been able to use that to make a living and that to me is a highlight that's a brilliant highlight. No one can ask for a a better career. And well, if I could ask for a career, I definitely would have asked would have asked for yours. And the way it went, I absolutely love you on on looking for a fight. You and Matt Sarah are just an absolute perfect uh, couple to present a show like that. It, it just makes the show watchable. Um, what would be the 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 best piece of advice you could give to a young a young fighter who's looking to make it in mixed martial arts? I guess what the theme of this whole interview has become, and I think that's don't do it for money. Do it because you love it. Um, you know, I've when I had, I used to run my gyms, people would come in and be like, man, I want to fight because I need to make some money. I'm like, well, you're not going to last in this game because, you know, money is few and far between. You got to do it because you love it. And when I was young, my father used to always tell me, find something you love to do, do what you love to do, then find a way to make money at it. And somehow I've been able to do that. But at the end of the day, I would be doing this regardless, just because I love it. And that's what it's about. You have to love what you're doing. You have to love this game. You have to have passion for this game or it's not going to work out for you. If, if you're doing it for all the wrong reasons, the first time you lose, it's, it's not going to be a good experience. It's not going to be a good feeling because you, you don't love the game and you have to love the game. Absolutely, you've got to have the passion, the love for it. If it's not there, then it's definitely not the game for you. You're just probably one of these fighters who's going to get injured because you're looking for the wrong thing, and that's always bad for for anyone, let alone if you actually want to make a proper career out of it. Mr. Dean Thomas, I absolutely appreciate you giving me your time. I, I love you've been a guest on the show. I am honestly honoured. 
Everybody go and follow Shooting the Sportish, Visionary Global Media, Chair Shot Network. Follow me personally at Carlos underscore, at Kirkby underscore, Carlos. Follow our editor, DAJ Kirkby. Subscribe to Shooting the Sportish. Mr. Dean Towers, it's been an honour having you on as a guest. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, my friend, and I appreciate you having me. And hopefully we can chop this up again sometime. Keep doing what you're doing. Hopefully so, my friend. I've hope to god that you can that you can come back on the show again and and hopefully i can get a couple of interviews with a, a couple of your fighters especially missy robinson because she's an absolute killer and i i really want to hear what she's got to say don't worry just uh just let me know man and i'll, I'll hook these up for you i got i got a bunch of people man that i can get you interviews with i got you thank you so much sir thank you so much for that all right my man we'll talk soon TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.